Hi, Misfits. Welcome to Horrorwood. And you are? I'm Kevin. <laughs> Wait, I'm Kate. Did I screw it up? I did. <laughs> no, it's perfect. <laughs> Welcome back. You're feeling better. Yes. Thank you for holding down the fort, Kate. I had a nasty case of COVID. Nasty. That sucks. You know what? I think it's surging again. I think it is too. I've heard a lot of people have been getting it lately. And I I called the... Because it it was bad. I had it in December 2021. Yeah. And I had just had a booster. It was fine. Like, I mean, I don't want to say fine. It wasn't great, but... It was my very mild. Yeah. And then having your first round. First round. Yeah. And then this time knocked me on my ass for like a a whole week. That's nuts. Yeah. Because you've had all of your things. I've had all. So have I. Um. But we went to a show last week or the week before, whenever, mm-hmm. and it was the first time that I've seen at a theater where they are requiring masks again. Oh, like, really? it wasn't even just, like, masks recommended. It was you could you not enter. You wear a mask. Yeah, so. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, I get for it. sure. It's, I'm fine with it. It was, and I took the Paxlovid, the antivirals, mm-hmm. and that really helped. Good, like, good, good. literally after the first day on them, I was like, oh, I feel oh, so good. much better. Good, Well, I'm glad you're back. I'm excited to be back. Uh, and I'm excited to shout out our newest <gasps> Petronian, Petronian, Ryan Williams, this is your shout out. Oh, Ryan Williams. Ryan Williams, thank you so much for your support. Thank, thank you for you. listening. Uh, he is our latest Misfit Murderino. That's amazing. He, welcome. Yes, welcome Ryan to the to the Petronian Club. Yeah. And you're going to be getting a little present in October. In the mail. Woo, woo. Uh, so thank you, Ryan. And this is your episode today. I'm, I'm leading an episode, Kate. I'm so excited because I can just sit back. You can sit back and listen to a story. I am ready for it. Or in this case, a collection of stories. Oh, I'm excited. excited. Yeah. So shall I just go? You should just go. Okay. So, Kate. Kevin. <clears throat> Sorry, listeners. <laughs> today, I'm covering one of the greatest... And most renowned horror movies in the history of cinema. Oh, most renowned. Based on William Peter Blatty's immensely popular 1971 novel and directed by the infamous William Friedkin, The Exorcist. Tubular bells. So (laughs) I watched it last night in preparation for this recording. Mm And I was like, I'm just going to rewatch it because I wanted it to be fresh in my brain. Sure. And then as it started, I realized I have not seen this. Kate, you'd never seen it? No. Oh, my God. It's like one of those movies that I thought I had seen just because you hear about it all the time. And like I knew what The Exorcist was was about. Yeah. But I'm watching it. I was like, I've never seen this. (laughs) I'm so glad I watched it. It's really good. It's a really good film. And it's not just like the scary parts. Yeah. It's like a really cohesive story with a lot of different themes that go above and beyond just like the 
you know, the possession. If yes. You will. And I will say f- 1973, mm-hmm. like the camera work and those effects. And th- I was, it's impressive. It's I will very say, impressive, yeah. Uh, I, I don't even know like what your episode is about today in terms of the movie, but I just want to say that the most disturbing thing for me was thinking about what Linda Blair as that little girl had to do as an actor. Yeah. That was disturbing yeah. to me. And we'll get into that okay, because good. like there's a lot around it and things happen during filming that oh, were, I can't wait were to not know. great. But she you know, on watching back as like a, I think she was, I believe she was 14 or 15 at the time they filmed it. Okay. She's amazing. She's so good. She's amazing. And Ellen Burstyn. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it was nominated for 10 Oscars. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Best Picture. It was like one of the first horror movies to be nominated for Best Picture. I did not mm-hmm. know that. Would you say for people listening that... In terms of this episode, should they have seen the movie before they listen to this episode or does it matter? You know, I would say yes. Okay. Go and watch the movie and come back and listen to this. I'm also going to do the part two, which is a is an offshoot story oh, great. of something that happened in the movie. So that one is going to, you don't necessarily need to have seen it. Okay. But for this, I'm going to go through like the lore what the movie's about, what it's based on, and then things that happen during filming leading to its status as a cursed film. Okay. Because I just watched it, so it's definitely fresh in my brain. Yeah. And I think I'm glad that I watched it just so that like I can kind of remember things. But if someone is like, because I actually paid for the rental for it, and yeah. I was like, oh, I don't have this on streaming. So if someone's like, I don't want to rent this, I just want to listen to the episode. Are they? Will they get something out of this yes, episode? Yes, a hundred percent. Perfect. Yeah, you don't need. I mean, you. It's good if you've seen the movie. I yeah. don't think you necessarily need to have seen it to appreciate the lore and the stories around the the movie. And then maybe once they listen to the episode, if they haven't seen the movie, it, yet, it'll prepare them. Yeah. To get, okay. put, get into it. Yeah. Awesome. I'm excited. Sure. Tell me everything. Okay. So, as we were saying, The Exorcist Mm -hmm. starred Linda Blair, Ellen Burstyn, Jason Miller, and Max von Sydow. Yes. Uh, The story follows actress Chris McNeil, played by Burstyn. Mm -hmm. And she's so good. She's so good. As she's shooting a film, she plays an actress on location in Washington, D.C. She lives with her 12-year-old daughter, Reagan. Who is Linda Blair. Played by Linda Blair. Was that her first? That wasn't her first. Thing, I don't right? think it was her first credit. I think she had been in other things okay. prior to that. And the reason they cast her, or one of the reasons they cast her, was um, she was comfortable. I don't want to say comfortable, but she, without hesitation, would say all the nasty okay. bad words because there's a lot Th- there's a lot okay there's a lot and so- i do have a favorite line from the movie but maybe it's going to come up later <laughs> i love it there's so many good quality <laughs> lines your mother sucks cocks in hell that's the one i was gonna say that was it <laughs> I that yell that it. out my car window. Oh my god! I'm having road rage. I burst out laughing when she said it, and I mean yeah. it's not like a funny thing, but I think all horror movies. I mean, has... come on, and it's that it's that shock value. Yeah. It's like a little kid screaming that, and it's so 
funny. It's wild. Well, you know what's interesting is I'll get to it, but okay. that's not her voice. Oh well, I didn't think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that. Okay, great. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Regan played by Blair. Strange occurrences begin to happen mm-hmm. in the house. Which lead to Regan's ultimate possession by the demon Pazuzu. Okay, I did, did you not see that in the credits because it's not mentioned in the movie. I did not see that in the credits. Yeah, it's not mentioned in the movie, but that's the name of the demon, and okay. it's mentioned in the book. Ah, okay, because yeah, they just out, say the devil in the right, movie. They just say the devil, but in the book, it's Pazuzu, and so they. They named the demon that in the credits, but it's never, it's not mentioned in the film at all. Interesting. Right? I actually have some history on Pazuzu because it's a real entity. Oh, wow. I'm excited. So, what ensues is a terrifying and disturbing romp through personal turmoil, murder, murder, and a confrontation of faith culminating in the titular act of an exorcism. Exorcism. There's so much lore and history surrounding the movie. Some even called the production cursed because of awful events that took place during the movie's filming and after its release. Oh, I want to hear about every single one of them. I will tell you all about them. Okay. I'm going to get into a little bit of information about the actual movie. So the movie okay, was great. released on December 26th, 1973. The day after day Christmas? Day after Christmas. Oh, shit. <laughs> and has since grossed $441 million at the box office. Damn. It was a massive commercial success for Warner Brothers Pictures. The film was and still is a cultural phenomenon, generating a shit ton of buzz due to its taboo subject matter and scenes of a shocking nature. I will say there were There's some... some shocking stuff in there. Yeah. I would argue that this, I would say this movie holds up today. A hundred percent. I absolutely think so. Yeah. It's like, and you know, it's, it gained a status as kind of one of the scariest movies ever made. And that was a behind the marketing of the film. Okay. When it first came out, because people were so shocked by it. They hadn't seen it before. That's what I think it is. Because mm-hmm. aside from like certain horrific things that happen in it, mm-hmm. Just the stuff Linda Blair as an actor is doing as a child. That is what was disturbing to me. I was like, oh my God. I mean, that I don't want to go into like specifics if you haven't seen the movie, but there's one particular scene where Ellen Burstyn's character goes in and Reagan is doing something to herself that is horrific. Violent. Violent. Awful. It's it. That's one of the scenes that stuck with me, mm-hmm. like afterwards, because she does that, and then there's the whole like head spin. Yeah, and I feel like we can allude to it a bit more. Sure. It's the the crucifix, the stabbing yeah. of herself with the crucifix in her genitalia. In her genitalia, right? Yeah. It's it's yeah, it's. Yeah rough it's rough and it's hard it's really hard to watch i did appreciate in that scene though they cut it off really mm-hmm. quick yeah you know because chris uh ellen burston gets thrown to the ground uh-huh. and then you kind of hear that horrible scream and then the scene transitions so it it didn't linger but it was i thought that was really effective that is when i was like holy shit this girl <sighs> insane and just the the doubt the the mom faces I mean, of everything that's going on, Mm -hmm. no one is believing her and nobody is taking her seriously. And the doctors are stumped. No one has any idea what's going on. She played it so well. 
Yeah. Oscars all around. Oscars for everyone. You <laughs> for get an Oscar. You get an, you Oscar. get an Oscar. Your mother gets an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> You're really good at that voice. I? Yeah. I should go into exorcist voicing. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so here is the true story okay. behind the exorcist. It's actually based on a real premise that occurred, I believe... In the 1960s. Let me go into this. Okay. It's based on the story of the possession of Roland Doe. Who's Roland Doe? Roland Doe underwent actual exorcisms in Cottage City, Maryland and St. Louis, Missouri in 1949. Roland Doe was allegedly a pseudonym for Ronald Edwin Hunkler. Okay. Who recently passed away at 85 years old in 2020. Oh, wow. In Marriott'sville, Maryland. Because of a demon possession? I don't know. what. I think he died of old age. Okay, that makes more sense. I mean, you never know. (laughs) Hunkler was an engineer for NASA. Oh. That worked on the 1960s Apollo space mission. Shit. He tried his hardest to avoid what happened to him. As a teenager in his later adult years, he just didn't want to remember it. I get it. So he, he was a teenager when this possession when this possession occurred. occurred. Correct. Got it. So he told a work friend at NASA that he just wanted to leave it all in the past. Okay. Like he just didn't want to deal with it. Can't imagine why you wouldn't want to relive that every day. No. <laughs> um, Blatty had heard about Hunkler's case while studying at Georgetown University in Washington D.C., where the film is set. Yes. Um, one of his professors, Eugene Gallagher, was a priest at the university and told Blatty of Hunkler's reported possession and the following exorcisms. Plural. Exorcisms. Damn. And you said that he had exorcisms in multiple states. Multiple states and cities. Yeah. They even actually brought him to Georgetown at one point. Okay. I, it was kind of interesting looking at the research because it felt like it was Maryland and St. Louis, but uh-huh. there's references of him being taken to the university Jeez. in Georgetown to be, you know, looked over and studied. And how old was he? Uh, he was 14. Oh my God, that poor kid. I know, right? So Hunkler was born in Cottage City, Maryland in 1935 and began experiencing paranormal activity when he was 14 years old. Okay. He first heard knocking and scratching sounds from behind his bedroom walls. This this progressed to chairs moving with Hunkler in them. His bed started shaking and heavy furniture, which no one was touching, would just start sliding across the room. Nope, don't love that. And a picture of Jesus would be seen vibrating and bouncing on the wall. No one needs a vibrating Jesus. Well, I mean... (laughs) In some scenarios. Oh. No. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that. If you're religious, the maybe show. skip forward a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the family was really worried about. I would imagine. About him and reached out to the church for help. Jesuit priest William Bowden ended up performing around 20 exorcism 20? rituals. 20 exorcism rituals on Hunkler. Oh my god. Over a period of three months. So very tight, like one after the other. And the same odd events that we were describing previously would happen during those rituals. Things moving around, furniture moving. Uh, Hunkler would enter kind of this trance-like state when all of this was going on. Mm -hmm. He was eventually moved to St. Louis so he could be further treated by the church. Apparently the entity 
this is weird. Apparently, the entity possessing Ronald wanted to be in St. Louis. <laughs> I mean, a DVD. Cardinals, I'm not a fan, but <laughs> maybe maybe the demon was. I wrote a stupid joke down, and I said, a DVD of the movie Meet Me in St. Louis appeared magically under the bed. I love <laughs> that you went to musicals. Like you're, I did. I went to baseball, and you went to musicals. I, that didn't happen, but that would have been amazing if it did. That would have is it Judy Garland? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I love that movie. Clang, clang, clang with the trolley. I liked the little girl <laughs> who was obsessed with like killing her doll. Like the death. She was like obsessed with death or something. Do you remember? In her? Meet Me in St. Louis? Yeah. I don't remember we that. We need to rewatch it. Okay. <laughs> or I could be completely wrong and confusing it with some random horror movie. <laughs> that, it's very possible. That's very possible. So because they knew that he, oh, this is really strange. I don't know how much merit to give this or how true this is, okay. but, you know, allegedly the day they should have left for St. Louis, uh-huh. the word Saturday appeared on his body during an exorcism and the length of the stay, 3.5 weeks, also apparently showed up on his body as the priests and family were discussing, like, when do we take him to St. Louis? How long should he stay? Like, apparently, like, the answers were just appearing on his body. Picks or it didn't discussing. happen. Are there photographs? Um, That I don't know, Kate. I'll have to look it up. Okay. I, let me break that down. Because I didn't see any photographs and when, when I was going through the research. Mm-hmm. But, hey, you never know. Pixar didn't happen. Pixar didn't happen. I don't think that happened, but... That feels a little... It feels a little too on the nose. Yeah. It feels like someone was embellishing a little bit. Mm, a little bit. So, take it with a grain of salt. Will do. I say that, and then you look over, and my arm says, like, Sunday. <laughs> I'm like, oh, whoop. I guess... <laughs> um, He... Yeah. So, he hadn't moved a muscle, apparently, when that happened. Hunkler was taken to Alexia Brothers... It's either Alexia or Alexa. I'm going to say Alexia Brothers Hospital in St. Louis in March of 1949, where his demons were finally exorcised. He had also been, he'd been studied at Georgetown University Hospital in Washington, D.C. There is an article from the Washington Post from August 20th, 1949, detailing the exorcism. Oh. Reporter Bill Brinkley wrote at the time, quote, In what is perhaps one of the most remarkable experiences of its kind in recent religious history, a 14-year-old Mount Rainier boy has been freed by a Catholic priest of possession by the devil, Catholic sources reported yesterday. Interesting. This was like, this was in the news. I'm sure. This was happening. Like, this was something that, you know, people were really interested in. Yeah. And because no one could, no one was able to prove that it wasn't happening. Yeah. And these priests were like, trying to figure it out, trying to do... It was kind of like this whole thing that they just didn't understand how to handle okay. in a way. Yeah. And so the, he was sent around to these different parishes and places to be exercised. But eventually, he finally they were finally to get the demons out of him. And was that the 20th exorcism? Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of yeah. exorcisms. It's a lot. It took a lot to get him you know, back to himself and get whatever was in him out. Okay. So that's, that's basically the story. I mean, there's more details that we could dive into about that, but that's just an overview of the story that the exorcist is actually based on. Yeah. Crazy stuff. 
that, crazy stuff. That is wild. This is the story that led to William Peter Blatty's book, The Exorcist. Again, Hunkler seemed to want to forget the ordeal and did not speak of it much into adulthood. Did he ad- advise William Blatty or no, was he a part of the movie this was, at all? No, not at all. He was just, because he wanted to forget it, it was a pre the priest who was at Georgetown that told Blatty about the story. Oh, okay. Because there were records there about it. And yeah. he had gone to Georgetown at one point uh, to be looked at by right. priests. So the professor priest guy at Georgetown told Blatty about it when he was studying there. Got it. Yeah. And Blatty was like, book time. Book time. I'm going to make some dough. money. <laughs> So, Kate, the demon in the book, as we had talked about earlier, Pazuzu. is called Pazuzu. Tell me all about Pazuzu. Who is known as the king of wind demons, son okay. of Hana and brother of Humbaba in the Mesopotamian religion. Okay. This religion was practiced by the Sumerians and Akkadians, who were succeeded by the Babylonians and the Assyrians. Okay. Those groups lived in ancient Mesopotamia, which is now Iraq. Okay, that makes the, sense the for the beginning of the movie. The opens in yeah. Iraq, yeah. It was believed that Pazuzu helped humans ward off other demons. Mm, so it was a good demon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what was so interesting when I was researching the demon, is like, it is an evil entity, but it was like... It was seen as being a helpful entity to humans. So it was like evil, but like not as evil as some yes, other demons. 100%. <laughs> okay. It was believed that Pazuzu helped, well, I just said that, helped humans ward off other demons. His face was a popular uh, image that you would see on amulets of the time. Okay. Is that what uh, the. Uh, the little was... thing, yeah, exactly. Okay, in the... the beginning, the little thing that they find, yeah, his face, the demon's face, is what it's known for. Okay, um, and that design, so that face was on like amulets that were supposed to ward off evil. Back okay, then. got it. Um, this all dates back to the first millennium BCE. Like we're talking old, old stuff. The first Jeez. evidence of Pazuzu was found in the grave of a royal woman in Nimrud. I think, I hope I'm saying that right. Please correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, which is where present day Masul is. Okay. Pazuzu is the demon you call upon to get rid of other demons, and he worked with humans rather than possessing them. So then, why is he the the demon in Reagan in the movie? That's a good question, and that's something that's kind of debated. Uh, I think it. You know, Blatty never really fully explained that or that I could find. Okay. Because people question, well, then why Pazuzu? I think it was just to utilize a popular demon. Poor Pazuzu. He's just out here he trying to rap. ward off other demons. Yeah. He doesn't possess people. He wants to work with the humans. And he's now he's credited in this film as being the devil. Right. But I also wonder, like, as I was researching the demon, I guess you would call it demonology or history of, of that specific figure. I mean, these are evil entities, though. Sure. You know what I mean? Like they're utilizing they're evil beings that people are looking to for help. Oh, OK. I, I see what Does you're saying. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily think it was like a worshiping situation. Yeah. But, you know, people would call upon him to to help them fight other demons yes lesser of two evils. lesser of two yeah literally yeah got exactly. it exactly 
So that's Pazuzu. I just wanted to interject a little bit about Pazuzu because I found that really fascinating. Because when I saw the name of the demon in the credits of the film, I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. I didn't I even like, notice that. Stupid. I was mad. I was like, that's a stupid <laughs> name for a stupid demon. And then and your then bed started the re- shaking. And then my bed started shaking. <laughs> and I started screaming at my roommate, your mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> I, drink. That is that my <laughs> favorite line. <laughs> I mean, we all will at some point. Oh. I mean, speak for yourself. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm so really sorry. You can cut that out if you want to. Not going to. All right, so here are some reasons that this movie was a big fucking deal. Okay. And why it's considered a movie of firsts, especially within the genre of horror. Okay. The Exorcist started off as a limited release and was later released widely as popularity grew around Mm. the movie and it became an eventual blockbuster. Yeah. There was shock value to it. People were horrified. So word of mouth spread like wildfire, mm-hmm. crazy quick. Lines are, were around corners at movie oh, theaters uh, with moviegoers wanting to know like what all, what all the fuss is about. Yeah. I was thinking about it, and I guess I would liken it to that weird nervous excitement you get around, like when you and I go to a haunted house. It's yeah. It's that like, what's going to happen? And then they bury you alive. Okay. And then you cry about it for the next three months and you can't shake it and you okay. have nightmares. I'm so sorry. I still feel really bad about that. <laughs> it wasn't your it's fault. It's not my fault. We didn't know that that's what was right. going to happen. But that was like a long haunted house. That's a story for another time. We'll tell it another time. That was horrible. Oh my God. Yeah. We got buried alive at a haunted house and Kate's claustrophobic. I had problems. It's my biggest fear. Right. I had problems. Right. I didn't like it either. You seemed okay with it. I was okay with it, but it was just like, I didn't like having to sit on the floor. Okay. Well, I didn't like it for other reasons. I know. I know. (laughs) Anywho. So news reports at the time stated that moviegoers were fainting. They were getting sick. They were vomiting in the bathrooms and coming out of the theater shaking and at a loss for words. Oh, shit. Camera crews were sent into the theaters to record reactions as part of the movie's marketing campaign. That's really smart. Right? You can actually go on YouTube and watch audience members leaving during the movie. Oh, wow. And uh, there are ushers assisting patrons that are fainting, people laying down on benches and crying. And some moviegoers stated that they couldn't believe what they had just witnessed. Oh, wow. It's it's reported that some movie theaters were even handing out barf bags to patrons uh, when they were entering the theater. I will say, because Frankie was on the couch with me when I was watching it last night, Mm -hmm. and I did feel bad because she was, I mean, she was actually watching it. Like, she watches TV. Wow. And... I was like, oh, baby, you're too young for this. I don't want you to have nightmares. She's a dog for anyone that doesn't know who Frankie is. But I was- A little kid. Who's <laughs> like eight. No, I was I was like nervous about it. Cause it I mean, there, yeah, the movie does hold up. And I, so I can imagine even now, like me being shocked by it, I think 50 years ago in 1973 when, you know, that stuff was not in the popular- stratosphere right, or whatever right, you want to right. say you know and that it gave birth to sort of a different genre or brought to light mm-hmm. a new kind of horror genre that was you know grindhouse and was shock value yeah. and was gore 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 um for me 
it for me when I watched it, it's the medical scenes when she's undergoing the testing oh, that yeah. really got to me. Yeah, that's right. Spencer and I were watching it a couple Halloweens ago, and uh, he he gets squeamish around like medical procedures yeah. and stuff, but can watch a horror movie because it's you know it's sure. fake and not real. But he had to like he almost passed out because of one of the scenes. Oh my goodness! And he had to like I had to lay him on the floor, elevate his legs. Oh my god! And it was yeah, <laughs> it was intense. Oh, it sounds like it. <laughs> That I will say that is a rough scene to watch. It's, well, there are a couple of them, but it's harsh when they put the needle, like the needle so, in her yeah, neck. And I have oh. a, I have more info on oh, that. Okay. On that, but um, one woman passed out during a screening of The Exorcist and broke her jaw because she hit something on the way down. Oh, that sucks. And she allegedly sued. I couldn't find exact information or like court documents or anything well there weren't well there wouldn't have been any because she allegedly sues warner brothers claiming to be plagued by subliminal messages in the film okay well i felt bad for her at first but now i don't i think it was like a money it could have been like a money grab but i think she was probably referring to the demonic face that flashes throughout the movie now and then you'll Uh see it in random places yeah um the studio allegedly settled the dispute so that they didn't have to go to court I'm sure it would have been like a huge courtroom. Oh, of course. And situation. she just wanted money, which she sounds like she got. Right. So it's interesting as people kept talking about the movie, it was apparent that the medical scenes, like we were just saying, were some of the more frightening scenes mm-hmm. rather than the demonic possession. William Friedkin did a bang up job on the research on both sides. Mm. He researched everything the extensively, scientific yeah. and religious. Oh wow! And consulted with multiple, you know, um, priests, doctors, scientists to yeah. to actually show what this would look like at that time. And I mean, the research shows because that's why it still holds up today. Exactly. Yeah. Everything felt very real. The movie was also not distributed widely to predominantly black neighborhoods to begin with. But theaters in white areas were seeing more diverse audiences attend. And they were like, oh, so people are actually like coming to the main theaters in white neighborhoods. They were like, oh, black people like to go to the movies? Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, right. It's ridiculous. So they began to expand the release of the film into those neighborhoods okay. and market to black audiences specifically. I feel like that's interesting because The Exorcist brought that issue to their attention. That is interesting. Like popular movies weren't making it into black neighborhoods. Well, one thing that does stand out in that movie is there's not a single person of color no, in it. No, none, none. And I'm whatsoever. trying to think if even in the party scene... I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. But, I mean, America. But go figure. 70s. Okay. When it first came out, the film received mixed reviews from critics. Okay. It didn't get sweeping great reviews. Um, But But what did they say? They just, I think people were disgusted. It sounded like Mm. a lot of the reviewers kind of missed the entire point and just latched on to the shock value. I see. Saying like, this is ridiculous. This is over the top. This is just not of merit. Okay. But our famed Chicago movie critic, Mm. Roger Ebert, absolutely loved it. Yes, he did. Two thumbs up? Yep. And a whopping four stars. Okay. I think he was doing stars at the time. Oh, okay. When I read the I read the review and it said four stars. Awesome. So here's a quote from his review in 1973 that I really liked. Okay. Quote, 
I am not sure exactly what reasons people will have for seeing this movie. Surely enjoyment won't be one of them. Oh. Because what we get here aren't the delicious chills of a Vincent Price thriller, but raw and painful experience. Are people so numb they need movies of this intensity in order to feel anything at all? It's hard to say. That gave me chills. Right? That's a that's a really that's a really deep quote. Yeah, and and a interest, I really like that take on it. Yeah, thanks, Roger. Miss him. Thank you, Roger. On from that, the Catholic Church. Here we go. Okay, tell me well, about it. It's not as terrible as you would think. The Catholic Church wasn't thrilled about the film. Yeah, I wouldn't think they would be. <laughs> but the ultimate consensus from them was that it portrayed faith in a positive light. Okay. It's reported allegedly that Warner Brothers wanted the church to be outraged by the film. Hmm. Just to like spark up some controversy? They thought that this would make the movie more appealing to audiences. If the church comes out and says like, no, condemn this, then everyone is even more going to be be like, like, well, now I I need to go see see it. it. Right. There were claims that the church was appalled by the movie, but this just wasn't the case. Okay. They were not appalled. Um, it just goes to show exactly how popular this movie was. Yeah. Being labeled as, you know, the scariest movie of all time. Oh, is time. that was that the label? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Little did moviegoers know at the time, The Exorcist would later secure its place in cinema history as a cursed film. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Keep in mind that we're dealing with a religious and superstitious subject matter. Of course. Whether something is cursed or not is a matter of personal opinion rooted in an organized belief system. And it's very easy to confuse a string of bad events and coincidences with the ideation of evil. Sure. Like, it's the devil, right. the devil type situation. Right. It feels like almost like a satanic panic type of thing that mm-hmm. would come later in the 80s. Yeah. 90s. yeah. I'm going to recommend here, I'm going to insert a quick recommendation. Okay. If, if any listeners are subscribed to Shudder, there's a really great, which is a horror movie yeah. um, entertainment streaming service. There's a great series that they produced called Cursed Films. Mm. And the first episode is The Exorcist. Cool. And Linda Blair's interviewed, like a lot of people Ooh, are I would love to see that interview. Yeah. We'll have to watch it. It's, it's. It's really interesting. So if you if you can check that out, I would highly recommend it. Cool. So let's get into the produ- the juicy production details. Juicy. Everything that was creepy or re- went wrong during filming. So I made a list and okay. the following happened during the movie's production and production began in 1972. Okay. Production on the film was set to be 85 days. But okay. that turned into 224. Oh, my God. Due to all of the issues that befell the cast and crew. That's insane. I know, right? That's more than double yeah. like, how long it should have taken. Oh, my goodness. And these are some of the things that caused <laughs> production to be delayed. Okay. The house that the movie was being filmed in uh-huh. caught on fire <gasps> and burned to the ground. Oh, but the set of Reagan's room where all the possession scenes took place... Untouched. Left standing. Shit. That's crazy. Isn't that scary? I love it. After the fire happened, people Uh were kind of on the movie were a little shaken. I would think so. Um, So Friedkin brought in a Jesuit priest, Father Birmingham, 
to bless the set during filming. Okay. Just as a precaution. <laughs> <laughs> just in case, like, just there's a demon. Pazuzu, help us. Don't hurt us. Right. Friedkin originally wanted him to perform an actual exorcism on the set. Oh, but wait. The pr- Question for you. Yes. Can that happen, like, on inanimate objects? I would assume so. Okay. I From what this article said where I got this, it sounds like he just wanted to get the demons out of whatever was there in the room. Got it. So I'm assuming if it's not a person, maybe it can be a place. Okay. Okay. Or, that makes sense. Yeah. Or an object even. Yeah. Um, I would just sage that shit. Sage it. Maybe that's what led to the fire. I don't Ooh. know. Whoa. But the priest said there wasn't enough evidence of a demonic possession to perform an actual exorcism on the set. However, after he blessed the set, no incidents. Of course, because he blessed it. The director, William Friedkin, was a bit of a wild card. Oh. And he put his actors in danger. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. To elicit the exact response he wanted for a scene. Hate that. He allegedly cared more about capturing the moment than any kind of safety. Hate it. Both Linda Blair and Ellen Burstyn sustained spinal injuries during the production. Oh my God. Ellen actually called him a maniac because of his sadistic directing methods. Oh shit. And Friedkin sometimes fired guns and slapped actors in the face immediately before cameras were turned on. Jason Miller, who plays Father Damien, like before a take, he just smacked him across the face (gasps) once. To get him riled up. I hate it. It's like uh, Wizard of Oz. Right. Um, they did that to Judy Garland. That's yeah. so fucked up. It's really screwed up. And it, I, I don't, it sucks that they had to endure that kind of. Yeah. While making this like horrific movie where everything's just going wrong. Yeah. And especially because there are children on that set. I know. Ooh. Poor Linda. Hate it. Um, during filming of the infamous Reagan and the Cross mm-hmm. scene in her bedroom, Ellen Burstyn severely injured her back during a stunt. Oh. Her character, Chris, is slapped to the floor by the demon. Uh-huh. A wire was rigged to Ellen to pull her backward after the slap. Okay. Because she goes kind of flying. Yeah. And kind of goes into the wall. The stuntman pulled the wire way too hard, Ooh. which caused her, her to hurt her back. And scream out that horrible scream. Oh. Friedkin ended up putting that actual take in the movie. So when she's flying backwards and screaming, she's in real pain. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Uh, Yeah. And Ellen actually sustained permanent spinal damage because of that. Oh, my God. So was that stuntman or the person pulling the wire? Like, did he get any repercussions? Did he have any punishment? Like, Not that I could find or that I'm aware of. Ugh. It sounded like an accident on his part, which, sure, but also, you know, don't pull so hard. Yeah. So I think, you know, after that happened, I'm pretty sure they, well, they had the shot. I mean, oh my she, God. you yeah. know. <laughs> Ugh. Awful. Next injury. Jeez. During the scene where Regan is being thrown around and whipped around on her bed. Uh-huh. Uh, another mechanical failure occurred. Oh. You know that scene where she's like laying down, but then standing up and being like, yeah, um, yeah, back and forth. She was rigged to the bed, and Blair's body was manipulated by a mechanism that would kind oh. of come up and pull her back. Intr- I just assumed that was just her doing that. Oh. It was like a she was being pulled back and forth, up and down. 
by that thing. In case listeners can't tell, Kevin is acting I'm sorry, this I out. Keep, I'm like <laughs> moving back and going forward. I know. I, I love I love the acting out of the movie. <laughs> Kevin is actually possessed. <laughs> He's actually he just barfed all over my clothes. Oh, <laughs> we are in the closet. I'm People sorry. are like, "Your clothes." <laughs> um. So, according to Blair, the lacing on that mechanism came loose. And as it was like whipping, it hit her and uh, fractured her lower spine. Oh, my God. The scene in the film is extremely violent and her cries and screams are very disturbing. And it's actually because she's sustaining that injury. She's 14 years old. They use that footage in the movie. And you can you can see we'll have to watch the cursed films episode because they have the footage around that happening. Uh And she comes back up and just starts puts her head in her hands and just starts sobbing oh my god it's really hard to watch Ugh. yikes so because of the film's sacrilegious themes Mm -hmm. and horrific affront to god versus the devil dichotomy some people were notably offended and this led to people actually sending death threats to linda blair to a child Mm -hmm. okay because that after the movie came out she actually had to hire bodyguards to provide added protection for her for up to six months after the film's release this poor kid i mean i can't even imagine being that young and then just having ridiculous adults yeah who can't tell who can't handle a movie who can't handle a movie because they're so mentally unprepared also like you're when you're that young and you're in this huge like you don't know if it's going to be successful obviously when you're doing it but it becomes this like huge blockbuster and you're so excited like she's still famous to this day because of it and you get you know you get picked out of however many girls to play this part i think i read it was like 600 500 500. yeah and you know you're so excited and then to not even be able to enjoy that well number one because you're tortured on set but two because assholes are sending you death threats can't She's a kid. She's a kid. And I feel really bad. I mean, I can't even imagine, one, having to have gone through that long process of making this movie, which sounds just, I don't want to, it sounds awful. Yeah. Kind of. And then. Not kind of, but like straight up awful. Straight up awful. (laughs) Yeah. And then to have to deal with that lashback after. Yeah. I just, you know, I feel, I feel for them. Yeah. I really do. People linked to the film's production died. Oh. Like, most notably actor Jack McGowan, who played the director Burke Dennings in the movie. Oh, okay. How? So he died? He died in... of influenza ahead of the film's release. Oh, And wow. the actress that played Father Damien Karras' mother uh-huh. also died in 1973. But her death was ruled as natural causes. Okay. I found this really fascinating. A lot of people don't realize that the voice of the demon... That really got her over. Yeah. Is not Linda Blair's voice. How do you not realize that? Well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> that is not a, ch- a child's well, female's they, voice. You know, I think people would have thought that, I would think personally if I watched that, that maybe they recorded it and then manipulated. Oh, I see. Manipulated the sound. Mm-hmm. But that's not what happened. While she gave an amazing performance that garnered an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actress mm-hmm. in 19, at the 1974 Academy Awards, the demon is actually voiced by actress Mercedes McCambridge, okay. who was an Oscar-winning star of radio, stage, film, and TV. Oh, wow. Good she Mercedes. Was, she's great. Yeah. She was known 
for being an extremely outspoken, strong woman, both on and off the screen. And Orson Welles actually called her the world's greatest living radio actress. Oh, wow. Right? So she was actually born in Joliet, Illinois. Hey. Hey, Joliet. <laughs> she went to Mundelein College, and she got her start acting in Chicago radio. Oh, cool. Um, according to William Friedkin, McCambridge would eat raw eggs, Ew. chain smoke cigarettes, okay. and down hard liquor to mess with her throat to get that demonic voice just right. Guys, can't we just use a voice box or something? What <laughs> feels like... A little too method. So here's the thing, though. Quick problem. Uh, Mercedes struggled with alcoholism for a very lo- large portion of her life. Is and, d- because of that movie or no, she no, no, was already no. dealing Already with dealing with it. Oh. But she gave up her sobriety oh, geez. To, for the movie to really get that voice right. Ooh. And Friedkin offered her a prominent mention in the credits. But the credit was not there when the movie started previews. <sighs> That is bullshit. It's fucked up. McCambridge was notably upset by this. Well, yeah. And Friedkin tried to tell her that there just hadn't been enough time to get the credit in there. What is his... He sounds like an asshole. I mean, he's just doing anything to get this movie made, which without... It sounds like without the care of anyone else involved. Yeah, he didn't give a shit about anybody. Right. She took her complaint to SAG, to the Screen Actors Guild. And they intervened, and they forced that credit in the Oh, movie. good. So it's there now. Mm-hmm. And in an interview with the New York Times in January 1974, Mercedes had the following to say about her experience working on the movie. Okay. Quote, Does God want to punish me for playing the voice of the devil? I gave the most difficult performance of my life, and then Warners didn't give me a single credit on the picture or in the advertising. The man who supplied the jewels got a credit. I cried. Billy Friedkin promised me a special credit. And Mercedes McCambridge. He broke his promise. It's heartbreaking when someone you thought was a friend does that. Mm. I put my father's crucifix against my forehead just 20 minutes ago. It was ice cold, and I thought... God has deserted me. Shall I go off on an ocean cruise? That is not where I saw that going. Me neither, but I liked how it ended. (laughs) I do too. I'm going to say that to people as I'm leaving places. Shall I go off on an ocean cruise? I love it. And then walk out of the party. I love it. I'll be like, your mom sucks cocks in hell. (laughs) That sucks. I just feel feel for her because doing that to your voice... I mean that first off I did not think that Life it was a female long issue. Yeah, female. I so that already Isn't I'm surprised by. Yeah. And that is so so bad for your voice, for your throat and and if you've seen the movie, you know what we're talking about and if you haven't seen it and you go watch it like that sound, it's I don't even know where I'm going with this, but the fact that like she didn't even originally get a credit for that. Yeah. That's so fucked up. And she I mean I would recommend listeners go to that New York Times article. We'll link it in the show notes. Okay, great. But the interview just, she's upset about it, obviously. Yeah. And she's, you know, she she also complains a lot about the movie's production. And, you know, she, I think there was some, I don't, it's not, I don't want to say jealousy, but she wasn't happy with like 
having to dub over Linda Blair's voice. And she talks about a lot of um, issues around having to dub the mm, scenes. Interesting. So yeah, I would, it's fascinating. Like if you want to know more about that, yeah. that New York times interview is very um, informative. Okay, cool. So I'll have to read it. Additional fun facts Ooh. about the exorcist. Okay. The set was refrigerated. Okay. This provided an actual cold environment where you could eerily see the breath of the characters. Okay. I wondered about that because on camera that doesn't often show up. Mm-hmm. That means they had to make that like really fucking cold. Yeah. And it was expensive to do at the time. Now it's not a big deal. But back then it was really expensive to do that. Wow. As I had said before at the top of the episode, the film was actually nominated for a total of 10 Oscars. That's so wild. That's great. And was the first horror movie to be nominated for Best Picture at the 1974 Academy Awards. Wow. Good for them. Yeah. A rubber dummy of Linda Blair was used for the head rotating scene. Okay. Uh, the lighting of the set helped it look real. Okay. And it's reported that Linda was absolutely terrified of that rubber dummy. If I saw a rubber dummy of myself, I'd be terrified too. But then I'd probably use it to like prank people with shit. I want to get a rubber dummy of myself made to look possessed. And I just want to have it for myself in my room. Uh, yeah, just for And I'll own. just sit there and drink wine and talk to it and say, shall I go off on an ocean cruise? <laughs> <laughs> and that it answers And then you. I'll get arrested. Why would you be arrested? I don't know, Kate. Okay. We don't know. I was like, what are you doing to your rubber dummy? Happened. Oh, God. I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> the vomit was pea soup. I wondered what that was. Delicious. It's so gross. I actually kind of want some now. I mean, I like pea soup, but not coming out of a person. That's true. Out of a can. That's nice. Yeah. I'm okay with it out of a can. <laughs> Just not regurgitated. Right. Uh, Audrey Hepburn and Jane Fonda almost played the role of Chris McNeil. Stop. I cannot. I could picture Jane Fonda. Cannot picture Audrey Hepburn in that role. Yeah. No. I, I don't want to misspeak. So if I do, I'm sorry, but I think it didn't go to Audrey because she wanted to film it in Rome. Like that was her only. Oh, okay. It might not have been her because there was another big actress name I can't remember, which is not even worth mentioning. So never mind. Okay. Sorry. But ultimately that role went to Ellen Burstyn. Yeah. Well, she was great. Uh, Marlon Brando and Jack Nicholson were considered for the priest parts. Oh, interesting. But they didn't, I know they didn't want to cast Brando because Friedkin was like, well, if he's in it, then it's going to be a Brando movie. Mm, and okay. I don't want it like, you know, wrapped around one person being in it. That I, that makes I sense. I understand that. Yeah. Um, a 13-year-old Jamie Lee Curtis was Stop. asked to audition, but her mother said no. You know what? Didn't she mention that in the uh, in her like SAG Awards speech or I something? Think she did, yeah. But it's funny because her mother is Janet Lee, yeah. who was the star of Psycho, which is like one of the greatest yeah. horror movies of all time. Um, and she was to her daughter, you know, who would go on to be like this horror movie icon. Yeah. Um, Jamie Lee. Jamie Lee, I love her so much, and she she wasn't allowed to audition. Because of the language and the vulgarity of everything. Wow. The absolutely horrific Pazuzu demon face Mm -hmm. that flashes across the screen throughout the film and that was used in the film's teaser trailer. Okay. Was actually a scrapped makeup effect test done on Linda Blair's body double Eileen Dietz. 
Oh. So they were doing like makeup tests for the demon and that was a scrapped take, but they ended up using it Interesting. in the trailer and in the film as like the subliminal flash of that demon face. And I bet they did not pay Linda Dietz for that. I'm sure they didn't. That was her name, right? Linda Lin- Dietz? Uh, Eileen Dietz. Eileen, I was thinking Linda Blair. Linda Blair. Yeah. Sure. Because if that was a makeup test, she probably only got paid for the makeup test and then they used and that then image. That was it, it, right. I'm just, but I mean, she was her uh, body double. Okay, but so still. So I'm thinking she's probably getting paid, but she probably didn't get paid near enough. Oh, I'm sure she did not. Kind of in conclusion. Okay. The Exorcist is considered one of the greatest and most horrific films ever made. It continues to leave a mark on those who watch it and will forever be known as a horror movie that made history. I do have a question about the theme music, and I don't know if you have any Tubular bells. Well, it just sounded very similar to Halloween's theme music, and I wondered if Halloween, like, borrowed from that. was inspired by that. I could see how that could be related, Mm -hmm. because that, it's sort of a, I don't even know how to describe it. It's almost like staccato, sort of like, dun-dun-dun, like bells. Yeah. There is a similarity. I don't know what those are. Okay. I just wondered if, like... You know, it was kind of an homage to that film or what have you. Uh, But who knows? Who knows? We'll check it out. And then, so next week you're telling us about... I have one more paragraph. Oh, sorry. I thought you said in conclusion. Oh, well, in conclusion to the this movie. Okay. What if I went into a completely different movie? (laughs) I was like, what's about to happen here? I'm not prepared for any other movies today. Stephen King's Christine. (laughs) Um, I need to go watch it. Hold on. Just real quick. Um, in the same vein as the recent Halloween re- Halloween reboot, uh-huh. The Exorcist is getting a follow-up sequel to the original. Whoop, whoop. And who's behind it? David Gordon yes. Green. The man behind the most recent Halloween trilogy. Uh, there are already two sequels, two prequels, and a TV show that aired two seasons on Fox. Yes. But this will follow up on the original film. And so it's called The Exorcist Believer, and it's set Ooh. to be the first movie in a new trilogy of exorcist films. Oh, interesting. From what I read on bloodydisgusting.com. Okay. Well, so I know Ellen Burstyn is in yeah. this one. So it's it hits theaters on October 13th yes. this year, 2023, and stars Leslie Odom Jr., Ellen Burstyn, reprising her role as Chris McNeil, mm-hmm. and Dowd. I saw that. I love Lydia, her. Uh, Lydia Jewett. Raphael Sparge, Jennifer Nettles, and Olivia Markham. What an interesting cast. So Linda Blair is not... Well, here's the thing. It has been reported that Linda Blair will reprise her role as Reagan, but that has not been confirmed officially. So that's alleged. From what I read, I think there was an article where somebody said they had seen her come off the set or like be around where the set was or something mm-hmm. um allegedly don't know if that's true at all i could also see that being like one of those things they're trying to keep under, keep wraps. under wraps because that would be a fucking amazing yeah reveal right yeah so she it's maybe okay um i could understand if she didn't want to like a hundred percent hundred percent uh the script was penned by david gordon green and peter sattler and yeah i was just gonna say it has been reported that blair will reprise but not confirmed Oh, so Kate. Yes. Kevin. One of the extras in the movie mm-hmm. actually turned out to be a murderer and a suspected suspected serial killer. Well, there and you go. And that's going to be part two. Ooh, that's exciting. So I have I some... mean, that's not exciting. Like, 
That sounded awful. No, no, no. But like, I'm excited for part for two. For part two, right. Um, so yeah, it. I have some media recommendations as well. Okay. Um, there's a really great podcast called Inside the Exorcist from Ooh. Wondery. Oh, cool. It's like, I think it's eight parts or around that series. Uh-huh. And it's really well produced and it almost feels like kind of a, like a documentary style oh, podcast. Cool. Um, go listen to that. And then, of course, the cursed films. On Shudder. On Shudder. So awesome. That is The Exorcist and all of the lore and things around it leading to it as a leading to its consideration as a cursed film. Did it win any Oscars? It did. Yes. I'm going to pull that up really quick cuz I don't I want to say which ones it won. Okay. It wasn't any acting awards. Okay. Um which is a shame because everyone in that movie did. I think Linda Blair should I mean she got nominated so that's yeah. cool, but damn, what a what a trooper that kid. I can't even imagine doing what she did yeah and but the thing is during filming she would voice the demon so she would be saying all those things because they needed to film it so that mercedes could um and i believe mercedes came on later in the making of the movie okay um i think they brought her in later after they had started filming and max von sadow Mm -hmm. um when he when he first got to set and was doing those scenes and she was saying all those horrible things he was like taken aback like he was really shocked by it yeah and kind of it is a little weird like he got a little weird around it at first max wants it out game of thrones three-eyed raven there you go whoa oh and damien in father karis's in the or jason miller in the scene where she vomits on him Uh it wasn't supposed to hit him in the face Okay. It was supposed to hit him in the chest. <laughs> oh, okay. So when it hits him in the face and gets in his mouth, that's his <gasps> like actual reaction because yeah. it was not supposed to. Yeah, it's gross. Oh, one, two Oscars. Here we go. Uh, it won Best Writing, Screenplay. William Peter Blatty won an Oscar. Oh, okay. Uh, for Best Writing, Screenplay based on material from another medium. And it won Best Sound to oh, Robert okay. Knudsen and Christopher Newman. All right. Well, congratulations to those people. Mm-hmm. And fuck you, Billy Friedkin. I agree, Kate. It sounds like a mess. I mean, he's considered like one of the, like a really talented director, but to use those means, I don't know. It just feels a little bit, you know, if you have like a consensual working environment where you can tell people that you're going to do those things and they get on board with it. Right. Sure. But to just, you know, there was no additional safety precautions. I was going to say, it doesn't sound like there were any protocols in place for that kind of thing. And obviously 50 years ago, because yeah. it's the 50 year anniversary. Yeah, yeah, it is. So 50 years ago, the behavior on set has far improved from what it was even mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Because when I lived in LA and was around sets, there was some shit going down that cannot pass today. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, now we have like the Har- the Harvey Weinstein comes out right. and, you know, those kind of stories come out and people are like, we're not going to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can only imagine how fucked up it was in the 70s. Yeah. Ooh. Messed up. But, you know, they all, well, some people died right after, like I said, but. That sucks that that people- guy, that the guy who played um, the director. The, play- the director, he passed away. Didn't even get to see the movie. No. Ugh. I always get sad when I hear about that. I'm working on a case right now where that happened, where the person did not get to see their work. Mm-hmm. But that's another case for another time. Another time. And this, let's see how I, I was trying to think of a segue and I 
don't have one. So all I'm going to say is uh, if you've seen The Exorcist and you have any comments, you can let us know on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at Horrorwood Podcast. You didn't even have to look at your post-it. I did You can shoot us an email at horrorwoodpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. You could also hop on over to Patreon at... Pa- oh, wait, that's your part. <laughs> Patreon.com <laughs> slash horrorwoodpodcast. Whoop, whoop. And I usually... Well, I don't usually because I often forget, but sometimes I'll say rate, review, and subscribe. And every time that I ask people to leave us a rating or review... It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> they give us one star and it tracks our rating. Stop down. it. I'm not kidding. We just went just down... Just don't like, listen if I, you don't like it. <laughs> so I'm not going to ask you to rate us definitely don't give us five stars definitely don't do that and definitely don't leave us an excellent review if you're enjoying the podcast don't do that shall i go off on an ocean cruise i'm i'm leaving now bye